Hello and welcome to Broads You Should Know, the podcast about amazing and noteworthy women in history. I'm Sarah Gorski. I'm Chloe Skye. And I'm Jupiter F. Stone. You guys, today is Cinco de Mayo, if you weren't sure. Cinco de Mayo. And so I needed to bring you a Mexican broad because it only felt appropriate to have a badass Mexican broad. And so today I'm bringing you La Abelita or also sometimes plural Las Abelitas. Have you ever heard of her or them? Negative on the singular or plural. Well, the closest it comes for me is that Adelita is the name or part of the name of a band I listened to in high school. Maybe it's a tribute. Adelita's way. Anyone? Does she no. have a certain way Whoa. about her? I don't know. It, it's like a punk band, no, sort of? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm at a loss. I got nothing. <laughs> well, it's kind of... Okay, so this is... Okay, heads up. This whole episode is not shaped the way I usually shape my episodes because as I started to like research La Adelita, I was like, oh, that's not a person. It's, a, it's like a thing. It's a concept. But then it is a person. <gasps> so I'm just like going to dive in and I'm just going like to lead Dread you... Pirate I'm just going to lead you through my journey. <laughs> learning about La Adelita because it turns out there's a lot of names for her and that she is not one woman, but she is many slash all of the women who fought in the Mexican Revolution. Oh. Ah. Okay. So so she is, so to start with, like I had heard La Adelita, I've seen that name, I've like seen it all over things. There's like the common song, there's like a thousand versions of it in Spotify. If you like search for La Adelita, there's like thousands wow. of La Adelitas. I've seen the name and it's on restaurants and shops, like little Mexican restaurants and stuff like that. You'll see, it's like a common, like there'll be a dish that's called La Adelita and you're like, what is that? Wow. And so I'd seen this word and I was like, this must be a person. This has to be some sort of reference for something. Uh, to a historical figure. And it turns out that the origin of La Adelita is, well, it could be a lot of things like like most, there's like many different stories of what it could be. But the most common story is that there was this little girl who was 14 years old. Uh, her name was Adela Velardo Perez. And she runs away from home at the age of 14. And she joins the Cruz Blanca, which is the White Cross, which is like the Mexican equivalent of the Red Cross, so like the nurses organization helping the soldiers. And and so she runs away from home to, to become a nurse, basically, for the Mexican Revolution. Uh, and this apparently is a real, this, this particular version of the story, it's a real woman. And she told the newspaper that this, there was this really famous song, they call it a corrido, and it's called La Adelita. And it was written by this guy who fell in love with her, but he died before the two of them could marry. And then this song, La Adelita, got picked up and became like serious pop culture through then at the time period and then throughout then in Mexican history, which is why there's so many versions of it now. And it's like this like cultural phenomenon, right? Mm. Yeah, it's like a movement. Yes. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. So if you, right now, anybody listening is at a computer, if you Google La Adelita, you do not find the picture of this like cute little 14 year old nurse what you find is this sexy as hell mexican revolutionary woman who has like that loose blouse and her boobs are like gorgeous and huge and she's wearing like a a bandolier that like that those like rifle bullets that are like a sash across you 
Um, and she's got a rifle in her hands or on her back. Like when you Google La Adelita, that is what you see. Oh, wow. You oh, see it's these like it's happening. Are you guys? We're, we're, we're looking, looking. Of course, we got the magic box. <laughs> so I'm like doing my research and I'm like, what the hell? That's not like a nurse. That's not like a little, <laughs> this is not like a, a nurse chick. Woo. This is the one Sarah was describing. Yeah, you, we found the picture the you were talking about. Yes. Yes. It's like this super sexy. So, so it turns out that the term La Adelita, uh, it got rolled up with a whole bunch of other groups of women who were inspirational during the Mexican Revolutionary War. And they're kind of like all under the same umbrella of of La Adelita. They're also called soldaderas or rieleras or valentinas. But they're all kind of, they've kind of become this like one thing, even though they there are like separate kind of origin stories. So La Adelita's got this like origin story that she's the nurse, but when but now she's like this cultural icon, kind of like Rosie the Riveter for the U.S. Right? Mm. She's like this brassy, sexy bitch who fights in the war. Um, so I I like I got to this point and I'm like, okay, well I have to do a broads episode about this, and so I don't have any more to say about that little nurse girl. There wasn't much research about her and who she was, but I am gonna talk about the Mexican Revolutionary woman. And a few of them specifically, but also I want to give a little backstory about that time period because these broads are fucking nuts and awesome. And I had never even heard of Soldaderas and they're badass. So my personal favorite name of them is Soldaderas. So I'm going to stick with that from now on. But just know, everybody, they got all these different names. So if you Google any one of them, you're probably going to find like a lot of the same articles about them. So before I go too far, I feel like I should do like a little quick and dirty lowdown of the Mexican Revolution because I didn't really know much about it. I, I was not, no, nor do I. Please yes. and thank you. Yeah, Bring it on. I know, I know very little, like basically what was in Roma. I knew basically nothing and my mind was blown open. And so I just want to do like a super quick overview to give some context so we know where we are in time and what's happening right now. So uh, after Mexico won its independence from Spain, which was in 1821, the new government was primarily comprised of Spanish-blooded upper-class motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Sounds about uh, right. So they were like landowners, and they ran everything, and they were making all this money off the land, even though the vast majority of the Mexican population is mestizo, which is an indigenous mixed-blooded population, right? So basically, it was just a continuation of Spanish colonial rule where all the poor people worked their asses off in the fields and they never made the money. And it was, it was basically like, it's like the feudal system, right? Where you got like your peasants and they don't actually make money for their wages. They're just like fed and cared for. Ba- I mean, basically slavery. Let's just be, right. let's just yeah. be real. Basically well, slavery. Best case indentured servitude. Best case. <laughs> right. But, um, it's also, it has to be noted that during this time period, women in Mexico were not citizens the mexican constitution of 1857 fucking left them out wow they were not able to vote they had no say over the political future of the country they they were forced to basically rely on dudes to to take care of them their fathers their brothers their husbands yada 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 their abusive boyfriends it's everywhere well it's also colonialism they're they're pretty inexorably linked (laughs) 
there's also like a shit ton of laws at the time that also like continued to like reduce their freedoms. So women like just had no, they had no control over shaping their own lives and, and how their lives went. This is like the same in every country and every, it's so mm. exhausting, but it must be said. So at the turn of the 20th century, Mexico had basically been at this point in a 34 year dictatorship under Porfirio Diaz. So this guy for 34 years was this huge asshole dictator. And the quote, liberals and intellectuals, which is what the articles call them. I love love when they say the liberals and intellectuals rose up. The liberals and intellectuals who are led at this point by um, the exiled Francisco Madero, they finally got wise and they called for people to start to overthrow the dictator and bam, the Mexican revolution begins. Um, so the intellectuals are the ones who kind of like lit, lit the match, but then you got all of these poor peasant motherfuckers at the bottom who have been shit on and shit on and shit on and shit on for so many, so many hundreds of years, first by the Spaniards and then by the, the faux Spaniards. Right. <laughs> sure. And so it like lit up like a California in the summer, right? Oh, too real, too real, too real, too real. So um, the revolution though is like a hot fucking mess because there's... There's like 13 major factions and dozens of smaller factions all rising up against the dictator. They called him El um, Porfiriato. El Porfiriato. My Espanol is better than some of my other pronunciations, so hopefully I can get through this. Um, I believe in you! And, and so each faction was centered around their own like bigwig leader. So you had Madero, that like intellectual guy who was in exile already. And then you also have Francisco Villa, who is also called Pancho Villa. That's his nickname. That's a familiar one. Yep, heard then you that have one like too. Emilio Zapata and Venustiano Carranza. Yada, yada, yada. None of these faction leaders are broads. I don't want to list all their names here <laughs> about broads. Suffice it to say, it's like a 10-year bloody, awful revolution. And alliances were constantly broken and people would split off from their own factions. And they were all trying to take down the federales, the federal government. But then, like, they all... Like, ultimately, this is why Mexico is split into different states the way it is today. Ultimately, right? You have all these different groups and factions. And so they were super disorganized. They weren't like a legit army and there were no mess halls. There's like no food provided to the soldiers because people just kind of take up arms and go. So for women who already had like little to no freedom, the revolution actually becomes kind of like a big opportunity for them to kind of take control of their own future and kind of like move the dial a little bit towards equality because the term soladera it does not actually you might think it means soldier or female soldier but it's actually comes from the word soldada which means the pay of the soldier or like the soldier's wages so the men like weren't provided any food and the women would tag along and join up with the armies and they would cook and clean and do all the laundry and shit and the soldiers would pay them out of their pocket to help them do, to help them be there, like their moms and their wives work basically. Right. So they would like get paid for that in a way that they kind of weren't before, right? Wow, that's so interesting. So interesting. Because <laughs> um, you know, dudes need their mommies and their wives. It's hard. What to an opportunity for them. Oh. 
but it's crazy because it is an opportunity for them, right? It's like for other people to be like, that's degrading. And for them, that's like a step up. Like that's yeah. something to fucking think about. I mean, it's a little, so it's a little bit of both. And as you read articles, you're going to read, you read, you read about both. Like some of the women willingly did that and like took that opportunity. Some of them were like captured when towns were taken and mm. kind of like some of them, so some of them were kind of more it. coerced into it. Yeah. So, but I like ultimately staying at home without men undefended was also like really scary so also like traveling with the army well at least you're in the company of soldiers and they're gonna look out for you and you're not like undefended at home ready to be like raped and murdered by whoever else comes along right yeah so there's like a little bit of both um so some of the soldaderas they stuck to that feminine that cooking cleaning laundry shit some of them did that but then others were like no dude i'm gonna fucking fight and they started to take up arms and they learned how to fight and they were on the front line. Some women also became spies. Some of them became nurses. We're like, La Adelita. And some of them, so there was one article that was like, some of them used their feminine wiles to escape from prison. <laughs> some dude well, wrote that. Well, good, for, good on them. I mean, some I dude would. wrote that article. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but the dudes, of course, like there's always mixed opinions about women being around. So not all, so a lot of dudes were like, oh, I love having my fresh tortillas. I love like, oh yeah. I guess. And then some dudes are like, I don't like these women here. They're a danger and an inconvenience to have on the battlefield. Um, so for some soldaderas, they were like, this attitude is, no, is not bueno. I'm just going to dress up like a dude and pretend I'm a dude and not. I'm not going to be a woman. I'm not going to do the traditional thing. I am going to dress up like a guy. And so they did. And the generals, like the guys, the big like head honcho, bigwig people in charge of their factions also had mixed mixed opinions about it. Apparently, at one point, Angel Garcia Peña, he tries to keep soldaderos from fighting. Um, but all of the leaders were like, I why think would the- you do that? All the leaders were like, I think that, that we shouldn't because I think the other, I think the soldiers will get upset if we take away the women. <laughs> They're all going to quit. <laughs> and, pa- and Pancho Villa also thought that the soldaderas like slowed down the troops, but he ended up letting them march um, because ultimately wow. the soldiers, the men wanted them around. The guys were like, no, we want our fresh tortillas. We want our clean laundry. We want our, sh- our gun shooting soldaderas to be here and so the leaders like whatever their opinions were about women which were all shitty opinions of course (laughs) right (laughs) the kind of like general consensus was if we want our soldiers to be happy if we want them to keep fighting we gotta actually let the women stay although i do have to say pancho villa it turns out like was not actually a really nice um person lots of mixed accounts about him Mm. um there was one particular account from many sources that said he straight up massacres 90 soldaderas in Camarga oh, in 1917 hell? is a fucking crazy story. There were like, there were, there were several reasons listed for the massacre. Like one of them, of, like on his side, there were, I think supposedly the other side that he had just beaten. Okay. I, is what the general consensus was. It, there were several accounts but the, for but why they, like, have surrendered or, well, here's here. Okay. I'll just say, it. I was, I didn't know if we had time, but I'll just say it since we're all very concerned. I mean, yeah. One of the reasons, Listed said that after one battle, the wife of a man that his forces has killed attacked him, Pancho Villa, and so he ordered his troops to shoot the rest of the women because they because one of them was uh, another account said that another account said that like some some rival person hid in a crowd of soldaderas and shot at at Pancho Villa, and then he ordered them to be killed. 
All the accounts, though, talk about that there was, like, the only thing that survived the massacre was this one baby covered in blood. And oh that that God. image haunted Pancho Villa the rest of his life. Oh. He felt I'm pretty, sure. He felt sure. pretty bad about massacring 90 soldaderas. Anyway, mm. I always, I like to go, I like to at least talk about one douchebag during our episode. Douche so Pancho Villa turns out yeah. as the douchebag of the week. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> That's, like, the general overview part of soldaderas and how awesome they are. I also, like... I want to list off some of these awesome women, too, even though I feel like they could all have their own episodes and I feel guilty for not giving them all their own episodes. But I felt like the backstory was too important to skip it all. Yeah. You know, I, I want to put a I want to put actual people to the soldaderas and the Las Adalitas. And, you know, I think it's like important to recognize it's not just a cultural icon. It's actually like people who did it. So here's some raddest, some of the raddest, baddest soldaderas um, who deserve their own episodes. We have Angel Jimenez, who was born Angela uh, Jimenez. She was the daughter of a Zapotec mother and a Spaniard. And in 1911, federal soldiers searched her room for rebels and tried to rape her sister. In the big scuffle, her sister shoots a soldier with a pistol and kills him. And then she immediately kills herself, all in front of baby Angela and okay. she Angela like on the spot she's not a baby she's a young girl but right. she swears to kill all the federales and she starts dressing as a man and she char- starts calling herself Angel um, so she kind of changes to a masculine name and her and her dad joined the revolution fighting for Pancho Villa and she turns out to be really fucking great at being a soldier she becomes an expert in explosives and she's promoted to li- a lieutenant and the, the cool thing about um, Angel is that she never hid the fact that she was a woman. So she like earned the respect of the troops by not not by even pretending to be a man. She dressed like a man because she didn't want to wear the skirts and shit like that. But it was never like, it wasn't like some big Mulan, like I'm hiding who I am. Yeah. <laughs> so that's Angel Jimenez. Wow. Um, I'm, sure, I'm sure there's more to her story too, but I... I'm trying to keep the episode within. <laughs> um, one of the most famous, and Chloe, I think this might be your favorite, Soledad. Oh, yeah? Maybe. Um, is Amelio Robles Avila, who was born in 1889 in Hochipala, Guerrero, to a, like a fairly moneyed family. Um, and Amelio is educated as a strict Catholic and assigned, uh, at birth, she, she was assigned female. But at a very early age, Amelio began like digging on the dudes that are considered the, the dudes, the, the, the things that dudes like to do. Right. So she starts like handling guns and shooting and roping and mounting horses and taming them. And then in 1912, he joins the Mexican revolution under, uh, one of the generals. So one of the generals like marches through his town and he's like, fuck yes, sign me up. <laughs> so Emilio, um, signs up and joins and he's sent to a mission to, to try to raise funds from oil companies. And, okay. and that's like his sponsored. first mission. And then he starts to fight. Um, he fights under, I'm just going to list off some names. I, I obviously don't want to talk about the dudes that much, but Salgado, Castillo, and Encarnacion. And in the process, he starts like really adopting the male attire of a, a guerrero, um, which is like this dude's outfit. Like a almost... I looked at the pictures and it looks like kind of like a like a cowboy soldier combo outfit. 
Um, mm. And he becomes Zapatista Colonel Amelio Robles Avila. Um, so officially, so Amelio is kind of like the first trans Mexican recorded like in the books um, and like okay. fully becomes a dude. Was known, was not only very good and got promoted and all these things, uh, he was also known to shoot his pistol with his right hand and hold his cigar in the left. (laughs) Hey. All right. Um, Style. And he, like, gained a ton of respect and he raised up in the ranks. Eventually, he was given his own command, did really, really well for himself. Uh, and fast forward a bunch of, you know, a bunch of years, because all this stuff happened and he lived a really long life. And in, in uh, 1948, he receives a, a medical certificate, which officially allows him to be entered into the Confederation of Veterans of the Revolution. So it takes like 50-ish years after the war for him to be recognized as a veteran, because I think because of his trans status, it was like all like... But we can't kind of acknowledge a woman, yeah, right? And you're really a woman. What? And the medical certificate also confirmed, and this was the reason that he ended up stopping to fight, is that he had received six bullet wounds. He had been hurt pretty fucking bad as a soldier, and he persisted on, and he fucking killed it anyway. Wow. Um. So oh, one of the most badass soldaderas out there. Although he would not ne- necessarily have called himself a soldadera because he was trans. He right. was just a full right. soldier. But right. if you look up the Googles, he's listed as a famous Oladera. Because, you know, that's how Square that's how we are. Yeah. <laughs> We're still um, figuring you know. out the, the labels and the definitions. and the What box do we put you in? There's so we, many. we have to put you in a box, but which box? <laughs> I know. It's, it's, it's tough for people who have small have small origins it's tough we also have uh petra herrera is another famous one who's more widely known as pedro herrera um she formed her own army made up of women and yes. she and she called herself generale general yeah. but the, the actual government like the actual armies would never promote a woman up to the the status of general the furthest we had was was lieutenant they could never be their own general but she called herself the general. It's um, yep. I don't need you she, to tell me I'm a general. Right? I know I'm a general. And she formed uh, a brigade of like of almost 400 women, and she ate, and they fought and aided uh, the troops of Pancho Villa, who we all know, you know, mm. sucks. But accepted. But but he was big enough to you know accept her support of 400 soldiers. Yeah, I bet. I bet. <laughs> like I don't think you should be here, but since there's 400 of you, okay. <laughs> Yeah, and it was said that her, so it said that uh, Pedro Herrera uh, was like a huge, uh, a huge aide when they took the city of Torreón from the Federales. That's one of the big victories of the Mexican Revolution. And she, she wore men's clothes. She didn't really consider herself trans. I think she just wore, she just liked the men's clothes better. But uh, let's see, she finally... So she didn't get any credit for the storming of Torreón, of course. Pancho Villa was like, "Uh, I can't quite credit you because you're a chick, you're a soldadera. So she eventually breaks off from him because he's an asshole. And she forms her own independent group of fighters, which was like approximately a thousand soldaderas. And she became an ally of Carranza, who's one of the other opposing leaders. And she became a colonel. um, And she still wasn't called a general by... The dudes, because the dude, you know, because dudes, dudes be square. Because dudes, dudes be dudes. Dudes just be dudes. Because dudes just be dudes. Uh, so she was also rad as fuck. 
Pedro Petra Herrera. So who else we got here? We got um, Carmen Velez. She was also known as La Generale, <laughs> but by her own troops and not by the actual commanders. She of commanded course. almost 300 men, um, and she fought. they fought in Hidalgo and Tlaxcala. I can't say that one. Shit. That is the only one this whole time I haven't been able to get. T-L-A-X-C-A-L-A. Ooh. I'm sorry, my Latino friends. I don't know. That's advanced. I don't know. That was bad. That was bad. Um, Okay, we also have Clara de la Rocha. She was a commander of a guerrilla during the storming of Quilacan in um, Sinaloa. That was in, like, 1911. We have Margarita Neri. She was born in Quintana Roo in 1865. She had been the owner of a hacienda before the revolution. And then she was, like abandoned by like during the revolution all the men left town and they were basically abandoned so she creates her own army of about a thousand men in just two months and she knew how to shoot and ride horses and she directed her troops um she and they fought in tabasco and chiapas and they were like looting and raiding and doing their own shit margarita neri she's like kind of a pirate of mexico actually in that description (laughs) (laughs) a little bit yeah I mean, it was chaos, right? How long? How long did you say this? The last, the, the war, ten the, years. Ten years. Ten years. That's a long time. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Uh, we also have Maria Quinteras de Meras. She was in ten different battles. She was appointed a colonel uh, in Pancho Villa's army. Um, so Pancho Villa like sort of promoted some of them, just couldn't promote them all the way. Um, but she was apparently highly respected by Pancho Villa. Um, and she showed remarkable skills in her three years in the army. And she dressed like a revolutionary man, like a lot of them did. Um, and people thought she had supernatural powers because she was so good with guns. <laughs> it's got to be it. It's got to be it. Skill? Maybe. No. I mean, also, maybe she was, you know. <laughs> Who knows? She's she was a Mexican witch. ghost writer. She was a Mexican witch. Hey. No. Or whatever, yeah. Or she was just fucking skilled with guns. Can we or just, she, can yeah. bang, just bang. get or over maybe, bang, bang. maybe she just learned how to be good at stuff. Crazy. <laughs> like, Women can do that, like you know. anybody could do. Ah. Okay, we also got um, Elisa Grinsen Zambrano. She was a young woman from Chihuahua, and at 12 years old, she was like, I'm going to join Pancho Villa's army. And so she, like, gathers together a group of women and children, and she starts to fight on behalf of Villa. But they were, like, women and children, and so they're fight- they, like, have, like, sticks and rocks, and they're, like, fighting and throwing shit at shoulder- soldiers and shit. It was awesome. And apparently they just kept saying, Viva Mexico! Viva Villa! But apparently... Wow. It was like a notable, it was like a notable fight, apparently. Did they kill the children? They killed the women. I mean, like, like that's like dangerous, like legit. 12 years old, well, let's join the war. The truth is I'm skipping over a lot of the bloodiest shit about this war, but like lots of people were fucking killed. Lots of peasants, lots of children and women. And on like Pancho Villa killing, the solda- killing those 90 soldaderas, that was like a very extreme example, but there was like much smaller scale violence against people, you know, mostly lower class folks, right? Who are the ones that are fighting the hardest. Yeah. Um, So you have all these like really poor peasants and shit and people were just slaughtered. It's like, it is a super bloody, super sad chapter. Right. It has to be. I mean, that's why when you say like at 12 years old for your like aspiration to be like, like you you have to like have like a totally different conscious, like awareness of death and like the longevity of your life. Like, when I was 12, I was in fucking gymnastics, okay? Right. 
Right. I mean, we have, and as Americans, we have, as in our generation, we have no sense of what that would be like for our country to be. Right. But there are many, I mean, there's countries around the world right now even where, I mean, you look at some of the crazy shit that's happening. Oh, have you been following um, the shit that's going on in Myanmar right now? There's like crazy, there, yeah, it's happening right now. But in, as Americans, we're just so so sheltered from all sorts of violence like that. That you for know, sure. it's this whole generation of, of Mexican children for 10 years like, we talk about, like, kids getting affected by one year in that pandemic. Ten years right. of civil war, basically. Or, or any kid living in, you know, so the part of the Middle East that's been bombed or drone-striked by America. Like, they're, they're growing up feeling probably equally hopeless and sort of like, well, I'm either going to fight against this or I'm just going to die here against the rocks. Like, right. And that's what I yeah. love is like 12-year-old little kid, little little girl will be like, this is what I'm going to do. I am going to participate and try to, you know, make something happen beyond yourself, beyond your lifetime. Yeah. I mean, the good news, I, uh, there's other broads we could I, I could list off here. Maybe I'll just do some sort of special on some of these chicas another time but you know ultimately you know the the revolution does happen they definitely got rid of the dictator like that happened actually really early in the war he's he's killed but all of these factions just fought for 10 years uh finally in 1917 with at the kind of like the conclusion of the war towards the end of the war there was a new uh the mexican constitution finally changed the definition of what it meant to be a citizen so women were officially citizens the definition of a citizen changed to quote someone born or naturalized in the country <laughs> instead of just like men men yeah, who right. are born here this is like our 14th amendment so the revolution it did you know women still got were and still are shit on a ton but at least like there was some forward momentum especially with the soldaderas Years and years after the revolution, President Lázaro Cárdenas issued a decree to acknowledge women's rights to be recognized as veterans. So before, a bunch of these women who were soldaderas didn't even get paid for any of their work. They weren't considered actual soldiers because they were women. But then years later, there's a decree that... um, and, and 432 women are recognized as actual soldiers and veterans of the war, and they're given a pension. <laughs> nice. Finally! Yeah, wow. there we go. But only 432, and we just talked about thousands, thousands. and thousands right. and yeah. right. thousands of women. So fuck that. A, a very small percentage of, of good right. deed. But soldaderas, adelitas, fucking bad. I had no idea that Mexican women were so fucking badass and it blew my mind and it blew open the door on this patch this like page of history i really knew nothing about the mexican revolution about any of this and i didn't know pancho villa was a douchebag so you learn you learn every day <gasps> i learn every Doing day this show right wow Ooh. that's awesome Ooh. yeah i had zero settle knowledge so this was amazing Fuck. yeah thanks for teaching us about the mexican revolution indigenous women indigenous women fuck yeah for real though um, so that is all I got for today for La Adelita, Las Adelitas, and Las Soldaderas. Woo! Thank you for listening to Broads You Should Know. Um, we hope you'll come back next week to hear another Broad You Should Know. And uh, visit our website, broadsyoushouldknow.com. You can submit a broad that you think we ought to cover. Or if you know us personally, you can, you know, just reach out to us. We love I literally love nothing more than when someone says, hey, I have a broad for you. And then I like 
all of a sudden my mind is blown because there's this woman I've never heard of that turns out to be such a badass. Um, so submit your broads, check out our other episodes, all the other broads we've done in the past, and we'll see you next week for another broad you should know.